Let's talk about plans, life plans. Plan, as defined in Webster's Dictionary, is a set of actions that have been thought of as a way to do or achieve something. And we all know planning is important. Provides guidance and direction. It's like a road map. We would never start a trip to an unfamiliar place without having some kind of a direction or a plan. Let's say you want to go to Vancouver. The plan may be as complex as a turn-by-turn map in Google, or it might be something as simple as go west until you hit the Pacific Ocean and north until somebody says A or a boot, (laughs) and you're pretty much Vancouver. Both are plans, simple or complex. We all make plans. We all have plans. We have small plans, big plans, business plans, and life plans just part of our nature, to plot a course of action to accomplish a desired goal. The problem with plans, however, can be summed up in a quote from a poem by Robert Burns, entitled, To a Mouse. And this is a poem about a farmer who plows up a mouse's nest. I, I have to get into character here a little bit. But mousy thou art, no, thy lane improving foresight may be vain. The best laid schemes of mice and men gang oft gaggily, and layest not but grief and pain for promised joy. Or, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry and leave us with grief and pain when we, when we were anticipating joy. Now, for lack of a better word, in my mind, there are different levels of plans that go wrong, or when plans go wrong. There are different levels. There are the day-to-day plans, which are small, inconvenience. There are those plans that are major interruptions in life, and then there are those plans that change a life forever. And most of the time when my plans, my day-to-day type plans are interrupted, they're frustrating and at the very most irritating. But I adjust, recalibrate, and still reach the ultimate goal that I've had. We're all familiar with that. I plan to get five tax returns completed today. But after three clients showed up unannounced, a telephone call to the IRS that I was on hold for 30 minutes and then went 30 minutes longer, and the server went down for an hour. I didn't get five tax returns done. I only got three done. But I recalibrate, stay a little later, or, you know, the next day works out better. Frustrating, but kind of insignificant. And then there are plans that are a little bit more interrupting than that. Pam and I had a lot of plans this summer. We were going to build the front deck, expand the back deck at the same time. We were going to hike and climb a 14er. That's just a few of the things we had planned for this summer. But there's this little thing called cancer that kind of interrupted all of those things. Their major interruption, and they caused us to substantially change our plans. And we found that we need 
help to help to get through this time. And I just want to pause a little bit a little bit here and just say thank you so much to every one of you who have been there for us. I mean the meals, the you know, mowing the lawn, just all of those things have been so helpful when we're going through a tough time right now. But we still may accomplish the goals that we had. And if we don't, it's okay. These are plans that are not necessarily plans that are life plans, what I would call. But then there are the, those times when things happen in our lives and there is no recalibration. The plans that we had for our lives just isn't going to happen. Missy Franklin, an Olympic swimmer, had plans to bring home some medals this last week. And we watched a few nights ago what was her last race in the Olympics, and she didn't even make it to the finals. So her plans for an Olympic medal aren't going to happen. My oldest son, due to some unfortunate genetics passed on from me, had a pulmonary embolism in high school. Kind of put his dream of playing college hockey out of reach. Actually, both of my sons have inherited this gene from me. How about having a heart attack at the age of 24? How about the loss of your sight or the loss of an arm or a leg? Loss of a spouse or significant other, son or a daughter? These are the times when our plans are not going to ever be anything like they were before. They happen in such a way that their plans, our life plan, life plans change forever. So what do we do when this happens? Well, sometimes we're able to just change our goals and go on with life as if it didn't matter. But most of the time that just doesn't work. Sometimes it does matter. A lot. And it hurts. We find ourselves at those times stuck in a life with a failed plan. Or worse, no plan at all. And a lot of times this leads to despair. And we lose lose hope that our life has any purpose. I speak about this because I know about it. In my life, it looks like, or has looked like, a long dark tunnel with no way out. And we need a light to get out of this tunnel. So what do we do? Well, during these times, many many people turn to things of the world to try to find a way out of this. A relationship. You know, this person looks like they have a plan. Maybe this works for my life. Maybe I should follow the direction. Or this person is the one to give my life meaning. Busyness or work, we turn to that a lot of times. If I just work harder, then maybe everything will turn out okay. 
substance abuse, sometimes we can just make it disappear. The pain or the hurt. Sometimes more clothes, music, more houses, more material things, cars, things like that. These are just a few of the ways that we try to cope when our life isn't going as planned. Another Olympic swimmer, Michael Phelps, is an example of this. At the top of his game in the 2012 Olympics, he was suddenly contemplating life without a plan. He tried all of the above and still contemplated taking his own life, suicide, in 2004 after a DUI. And if you'll read on that, you'll find that he said he just didn't see any hope in his life anymore. And we know from reading the tabloids or the news that people look this way and that, and famous people, and they don't find purpose in life. In fact, there was a man, King Solomon, who wrote an entire book on the pursuit of the things of the world. It's called Ecclesiastics. Read it sometime. Pursuing the things of the world. And he ended up saying, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. You know, pursuing the things of the world really lead to nothingness. So, looking to, wor- looking to the things of the world to solve this problem when your life doesn't go as planned probably is not going to work. But there is a way that does work. There is one who can provide the true light that we need to get out of the tunnel. Despair, bitterness, or darkness when life doesn't go as planned. And this one person is Jesus. And Jesus says in John 14, 6, I have to turn this on. Okay, thank you. (laughs) I didn't do anything. She did it back there. I am the way and the truth and the life. And I'm going to stop right there and I'll come back to that verse. Because I have a point or two that I want to make before I finish the quote from Jesus. And at that time, I do hope it comes clearer. To get out of this, it starts with trusting in God. And to be able to illustrate this, because as I was working on this, I was trying to think of all the wisdom I could give. And the only way I could really come up with this is I just have to kind of give you an illustration from what I go through when I'm questioning this. This doesn't mean it is the absolute truth. But just kind of maybe by allowing you to see what I go through when I'm questioning God, when my life doesn't go as planned, it might help you just a little bit. Now I have some caveats before I start into this. The first is, while this may take me five or ten minutes to go through, this process as I go through it is not a five or ten minute type of a type of a deal sometimes it's days sometimes it's weeks sometimes it's a lifetime and to be honest with you I still walk through this often 
Number two, short as it is here, I'm not trying to trivialize pain or suffering or the anger or hurt that people have when life doesn't go as planned. The hurts do matter, and they matter to God. And the third thing is, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on the question of why. And the main reason is because I don't know why. Things go wrong in your life. Your life doesn't go as planned. Most of the time, I don't tell you, I couldn't tell you why. I can't tell myself why. It doesn't mean I don't ask the question why. But I find that asking why, 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 why only makes me focus on the plans that went wrong. So I start in Proverbs because, like I said, Solomon was a wise man. I think, well, let's see what the wisest man ever to live has to say. So in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, oops. There we go. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Okay, God. So, it looks like Solomon is saying that our plans, based on our own understanding, have a tendency to zigzag all over the place. And ultimately don't get me to where I want to be. Okay. I can buy that, God. Because my life is kind of a total mess right now. So maybe I can use a little bit of help outside of my own abilities. So trust in the Lord with all your hearts. Don't lean, do not lean on your own understanding. But God, do you even really know who I am? Do you really have a plan for my life? Do you even really care? Well, God answers me by leading me to Jeremiah. And he kind of says, you know, the prophet Jeremiah had those same questions. And here's what I told him. In Jeremiah 1.5. I'm messing up. Okay. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. That's kind of high level, but what it tells me in my heart is God knew me before I was even born. He had a plan for my life. Okay, so trust in you, Lord. You have a specific plan for my life. But trust you? Are you sure? Are you really sure, God, that you have my best interest in mind? I mean, because right now in the middle of the, this mess in my life, it sure doesn't look like you have things planned out so well. You notice a little subtle shift in there from my plans to 
God, you messed this up. Yeah, we all do that too. We all do it too. And here's God's answer. Again, Jeremiah 29.11. He says, well, Edward, for I know the plans I have you for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Okay, God, you've, I trust you. you I, I, I'll believe, I'll buy that you have the, my best interest in mind. Now's the time where I come to where I argue with God a bit. And I say, I don't like your plan, God. Okay? And it's okay to argue with God a bit. He already knows. I do it all the time. I lose. But I, I'm not afraid to argue with him because part of that arguing is helping me to understand him better, a deeper relationship. And so he says, well, son, because he does call me son, maybe you should understand this. From Isaiah, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I have to admit, this is where I have been in the middle of this cancer thing. This is the verse that I keep coming to. We prayed that God would take this away. And it didn't happen that way. We prayed that um, she wouldn't have to go through chemo. Or that it wouldn't be in the um, lymph nodes. Well, it was. But the comfort in that is God knew this beforehand. His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. His knowledge is higher than ours. The doctors told us that just even just even a few years ago that they probably wouldn't have even found the cancer in the lymph nodes. And we wouldn't have gone through chemo. And it would have reoccurred. God's ways are better than our ways. He answered our prayer, just not in exactly the way that we thought he would. We also thought we wanted to do 12 weeks of chemo rather than 16. Well, the oncologist said when we talked to him that just last June they came up with a better protocol for treatment than the 12 weeks that we were thinking that we were going to go on. And it's 16 weeks. Again, God's ways are higher. He used this doctor. His ways are better. So basically, God, you're saying that I'm not thinking big enough in my life. That my understanding is just flat out too small. And God says, yes, that's true. In fact, he reminded me just yesterday. He said, 
And by the way, do you remember the last time what I told you the last time your life wasn't working out as you had planned? And I came and restored you? And that kind of, you know, yes. You told me to feed your sheep. And I don't know if you heard me back in December, but that is exactly what God told me. Feed my sheep. And so I look back at the things that have happened since then. Since the time when he told me to feed his sheep. And I have to say, God, you were right. You have done things through me that I never would have dreamed of. Again, all of this may sound a bit trivial. But this is truly when I talk about what I'm doing, it is truly a deep, heartfelt thinking and arguing and discussing and finding and seeking God. In Matthew 6, 33, says this, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So all these things being added to us, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for peace. We're looking for joy. At one time I thought wealth or material comforts were what I was looking for, but that's not it anymore. What I really am looking for, and all these things will be added unto you, is what the Bible calls the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I've seen life, I've seen enough of life to know those are the things of life that we really want. So let's circle back around to the problem of when life doesn't go as planned. We've seen that our ways and plans for dealing with defeats we face in life don't always work. Again, I remind you, read Ecclesiastics one day. And we need God's plan in our life. We need to seek God. And how do we get to God's plan in our life? I go back to John 14.6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I hope now that Jesus' words make a little bit more sense. Seek God, and He will provide a direction for your life. To seek God, you've got to go through Jesus. In order to tap into God's plan for our life, a plan that is way beyond our dreams, a plan of God's to prosper us, to make us whole, to give us the joy and the life that we need, we need Jesus. In fact, God's plan has always been that in the midst of our broken dreams, our train wreck lives, 
He sent Jesus to show us the path back to him and back to a restored life. God's plan went awry when we messed up. But he's got the way back. He's got a plan to prosper us. He's got peace. He's got purpose. So, as I conclude here, again, I say, I don't mean to trivialize all of this. If you need to speak to one of us elders, you want to talk to me more about it, I'll go in depth with you about it. I'll help you find a way, but I'm going to point you to Jesus because He is the way. You can talk to Mike or Tom or, you know, I could point out a number of people here who I know have had their life interrupted in a major way. And they will tell you the same thing. Jesus. Seek Jesus. Seek Him with all your heart. And He'll provide the way. Thank you very much.